What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Comic Book Lair. I'm Kyle. And I'm Ray. And we got another rad one for you guys today. We're going to be diving into a BO dub called Skyward from Image. And I'm stoked to dive into that, buddy. And I think it's one that you picked out. And I'll save what I think about it, but I'm stoked to chat about it with you. Dude, this one uh, came out of nowhere for me, and I don't even know how I came across it, to be honest, but it got like some, some, a lot of big names were leaving some rad like comments about this book, like Lemire, Hickman, Charles yeah. Soule, and w- when I seen those guys on there, yeah, I was like, man, this has got to be something to look into. Um, there's three volumes. I think it came out maybe 2019, I want to say. Yeah, 2019 is when Volume 1 came out. But mm. uh, super stoked on it, man. And um, I, I, I enjoyed it. Can't wait to chat about it. But um, let's uh, do what we always do. And um, let's check. How was your week this week, my man? Dude, I had a pretty good week. It was my uh, birthday on Monday. So we got a little birthday celebration going on. Do you and, have like uh, any like B-Day traditions? Like, Do you like go out to dinner? Are, are you like... Uh, you know, breakfast kind of guy, like, you know, you go get, get like donuts or something, you know, like, what do you, what do you do? Uh, you, I, yeah, I do. I, not everyone's going to think that this is like the best meal, but I have a dinner, uh, that I get every year that I love. Do you make it or does your wife, my make wife it makes it for me? Yeah. Nice. What is it? Let me hear about uh, it. Uh, pasta carbonara. Oh, very nice. I'm a big fan of that stuff. And, uh, I just love it so much. So she makes it for me on my birthday every year and uh, had a bunch left over. So I was eating it for lunches through the week. Yeah, it was cool, man. Uh, but dude. Dude, I love leftovers. I'm a leftover too. dude. <laughs> is that weird? That is a little weird. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like my kids don't like leftovers, but I get down on leftovers. Yeah, it depends on the food, I'll admit. But um Dude, I'm heating up everything. Burger buns. (laughs) My wife's like, how are you heating up a burger bun? I was like, I don't know. I'll just knead it up. (laughs) I know that's weird. Sorry to get off track. (laughs) But dude, my daughter made me a birthday card. I wish I had it here with me. But uh, she drew a picture of me and her. (laughs) And what do you think I'm doing in it? Dude, please tell me you're not just laying on the couch. (laughs) I'm laying down, dude. And I start busting up, and she starts laughing. And then my little one's like, wait, wait, Dad, I got one more thing for you. Where's the piece of paper? She gets a piece of paper, and then she draws a picture of me laying down while she's playing in front of me laying down. And I'm just like, good God, we got to get rid of this reputation. (laughs) Oh, dude, that's hysterical. Well, good, dude. I'm glad you had a good B-Day. Yeah, thanks, brother. I mean, it's kind of like any other day when you're... When you get 39. old, it's just a normal go to another work. day. I'm at yeah. work, like, hey. But work peeps made it cool. They got in uh, some. No one cares about this. They got in some uh, <laughs> <laughs> some cupcakes for me and decorated the office, and it was cool, man. Dude, I love that. That's cool, man. I'm glad they uh, did that for you. It's cool. And yeah. I, I mean, I know when you get old, like like you said, birthday just another day. But sometimes it is cool, like yeah, you know, take the day off, take a day off, and uh, just take call a in, day off. What is that sick. even? <laughs> yeah. Dude, but uh, I got some birthday money, right? And so I went to Target uh, the other day, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a game for my Switch because I haven't I haven't been playing games in a long time, and you know I've been loving basketball, so I was like. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this NBA 2K23 because it's on sale for 20 bucks, And I'm just pumped, dude. And I can't wait to play it, right? 
Well, dude, let me tell you something. <laughs> I love it already. I don't know if I'm just way too old, but I cannot game anymore, dude. I'm sitting there like, just like, I just want to shoot threes. And it's like, no, you got to move your joystick like 18 directions so you can do a crossover spin move alley-oop. Dude. (laughs) (laughs) Games are getting pretty complicated nowadays. Like, I'll dabble in games every once in a while. Like, you know, I was playing the Harry Potter game. Yeah. and, And we kind of chatted about this a little bit. And the thing with like... When, like we used to game all the time back in the day. Like we mm-hmm. had the like, we knew the Halo controls. Like no, like we can recite the controls in the back. Of, you know, like in do you remember sleep. like holding the controller so that you had fingers on top too? So you were like doing this. Oh with yeah, it? dude. We would change our like we wouldn't even use the default yeah, controller no, setting. No we way. were switching up to like Boxer, and we were just rolling through peeps online. And now, dude, I don't know if it's just because I don't play frequently enough. Like every time I load up like Harry Potter's Potter, it's <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter. It's like every time I load the game up, it's been like, you know, a week since I played it last. And I literally have to take the first 30 minutes of maybe I get an hour to play. I have to take the first 30 minutes to like relearn yeah, how to yeah. even move my character. And I'm like and instead of like jumping, I'm like throwing spells, you know, and yeah. just doing stupid stuff. And I'm like, geez, by the time I learn the controls again, I'm almost ready to fall asleep because I'm tired, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. So I've just been making my uh, living off those uh, any Super Nintendo games that you can play for free on the Nintendo Switch. Dude, I remember. That's about all I'm good at anymore, yeah. dude. Dude, download those old emulators and you can play like Excite Bike and yeah. the old two button Super Mario. Let me tell you this, though. When's the last time you played a Nintendo system? You know, when the first Switch, the, when the Switch first came out, we got one for the for the girls. And I was way into it because I loved that Zelda game that came with it. I can't even remember. Uh, Breath of the Wild, maybe? Yeah. I can't remember. Dude, I'm going to be honest it. with you. I haven't played it yet, but I cannot deal still. Like, it's all I've been playing for a year. And I still can't do the whole B and A being flipped around on a Nintendo controller. Um, yeah, I know. Too when we had the Switch and then we had a Xbox. Like the girls were way into Fortnite, and so like one would get on the Switch and one would get on the Xbox, and they'd be able to play with each other. And then like I would be like, "Yeah, let me jump in on a round." And of course, they didn't want to give up the Xbox because it had like the bigger screen. So they're like, "Here, right. you get to play on the Switch, Dad." I'm like, <laughs> right on. And it was hard. That like the button mapping was different. And it was weird. Mm-hmm. And just, it felt like a giant controller. Like, remember when Xbox first came out with their gigantic... Oh my gosh, the first controller they had, dude? That thing was a boat. Dude, it was a beast. And so that's what I feel like holding the Switch, you know? And it just is like, it was very Well, they make those pro controllers for the Switch now that look pretty nice. It looks like an Xbox controller. They're pretty cool. Oh, that would be cool. And then you just tilt your, like, little screen up. Yeah. If you have the light. You could play it on. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but dude, I, it's like every time I'm hitting A, I'm, you think I'm hitting A, I'm hitting B, and it's just crazy. Man. Yeah. I don't know if it's we're old or we just don't game enough. I think it's old because, dude, my brain can't, yeah, that's true. And I kind of was just thinking that, right? Cause I'm doing so bad at this basketball game. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to dedicate some time to this every day. <laughs> Here we go, dude. Here we go. Until, until I can get, get it down. Like, I got nothing else to do. You're going to be creating a character, joining a league. Dude, that's all on there. 
all out there. Um, what do you think about those, like, create a player and bring them up through the ranks games? They could be fun, but sometimes they do get repetitive. Like, after a while, you're like, come on already. Like, I just want to yeah. be, a, like, rated a 99 and just be yeah. able to dunk on everyone. Oh, uh -huh, yeah. What did you think like, about... When you first start out, your player's, like, rated in, like, 60s, 70s. He's, like, slow. Like, he would never even be on a team. No, yeah. He's not getting drafted. <laughs> oh. He's G League for life. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, it's been cool. Um, what about you, buddy? How was your week? Um, had a good week. It was, it was pretty busy. Had some uh, people on vacay at work. So, um only bad thing about being on a small team like i love my team and we're you know super awesome but just small team when someone goes off you know everybody's pitching in doing extra and um so yeah other than that it was good though just busy right on um yeah i'm gonna be transitioning into a new role so i'm like training a guy that's gonna be taking my spot which has been super cool and um you know how that is just uh going through the motions well, i do know i will say this because this has been, uh, this is the only rough patch I hit through the week. And um, I want to see how you feel about this. I don't even think I mentioned this to you during the week. So my, my middle daughter, 12, right? She comes home with this project. And this is on her. Like, of course, she's like, oh, the project's due in like two days, you know? And she's had oh, it. Yeah. She's yeah. known about it for two weeks. And now she's coming to me like two days left and she needs help. And didn't even start it. And I'm like, all right, well, that's a whole other conversation anyways she's like i need it they're they're studying world war ii right and so her teacher like sends them home with this craft to they have to like build like this uh bomber airplane that was popular during world war ii and i'm thinking it's like uh do a couple folds you know like an old school paper airplane it'll be no big deal i was like sweet let's get a piece of paper out of the you know or no our, dude our you gotta area. go to hobby lobby and get a million pieces <laughs> Bro, so she brings this thing home, and it's like the teacher like gives all these kids these kits, right? And it's like these thick, thick like construction paper or like what's that other type of paper that's super thick and um, cardstock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like this thick cardstock paper, dude. And the instructions are terrible for one. They, they're no, there's no words. It's just like pictures oh, with showing you which way to fold. And the bad thing is the, the instructions and the cutouts of all the pieces you have to do are on the same page. So it's not like a separate piece of instructions. And then you're like cutting out these pieces to fold together. Cause it's not like folding one piece and making a paper airplane. It's like I had three or four sheets of this thick cardboard paper and I'm cutting out a wing. I'm cutting out the the lodge. I'm cutting out the wheels. I'm cutting out the tail. <laughs> and every piece had like little tabs that you had to like interconnect with each other to make them lock together. And so on some, you have to like cut out these tabs. And on others, you have to cut like little slits for the tabs to go in. Right. And I'll tell you what. The teacher that decided that this was going to be a thing... Get out of here. <laughs> for one, like, my, what child is going to... Like, my daughter, like, hated it, for one. And for two, it was so hard for me to do. I couldn't imagine, like, these little kids doing. And uh, so I could see this teacher being, like, a World War II buff where he's, like, got his, like, 
a whole room dedicated to like model airplanes and like little model jeeps. You know, he's got the whole like terrain <laughs> set up. <laughs> and so, dude, I spent probably two or three hours putting this together. It got to the point where I got out the super glue and I was like, I'm just gluing this sucker together. Then my hands. How quickly did this project become your project? It was 100% <laughs> me, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like, my hands started sticking to the cardstock, then it was ripping. So then I went to the hot glue gun, bro. I was hot gluing my fingers together. I was hot gluing Gosh. pieces together everywhere. By the time this thing got done, it was so heavy with glue. And you know when you do the hot glue gun, there's like strings of glue everywhere? <laughs> yes, dude. Oh, my gosh. So there was strings of glue hanging all over this thing, and it looked terrible. And I said, good luck, sister, with this one. And so she comes home today, and she's like, Dad, I got an A. <laughs> Yeah, I did. I said, you mean I got an A, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but it was, dude, it was just hysterical. But the teacher who decided to send that home, um, for those of you listening, if you're a teacher, come on. You come know, on now. You come know on now. in the back of your mind, no kid, may, maybe one out of 30 kids was like stoked to put this thing together. And everybody else had a parent that was sitting at the table late at night, swearing, yeah. gluing their kids playing together, dude. <laughs> Did it come out pretty awesome, though? You know, once she painted it and cut all the strings of glue off. <laughs> <laughs> it actually looked pretty cool. <laughs> I could just see this plane with all these strings of glue on it. Dude. I wish I had it uh, taken a picture of it when I first built it because it was rough. But she did a really good job painting it and it covered up a lot of the the mistakes and the, the ugliness of it and the glue and um it looked pretty decent when she got it done right on dude at first i was stoked to put it together because i just got done building a lego set like earlier in the week yeah. or over the weekend and i was like this is gonna be rad an hour into it dude i'm all sweating because i'm getting hot and frustrated <laughs> <laughs> getting glue all over your fingers uh dude i it took like two days to get the super glue off the tips of my fingers I bet, dude. Silly, man. Well. Anyways, dude, let's get into the B.O.W., man. Um, this was um, honestly a super awesome read for me. Dude, I loved it. Yeah, super good. So Skyward, um, we're coming from Image, like Kyle mentioned earlier. It is written by Joe Henderson. And I didn't know this, but Joe actually um, writes um, a show on Netflix, Lucifer. I've never never uh, checked it out. Does he write it or is he showrun it? I could not what's tell. What's the difference? What's the showrunning? Show it's kind of like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was weird because I thought it was like from writer Joe Henderson, showrunner of Netflix, Lucifer. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what a showrunner does, but that's what he's doing. He's running it. So kudos to Joe Henderson for being a show writer over on Netflix. Um, but yeah, so he wrote this. I don't know if if he's written anything else in the comic world or not. I don't. First I couldn't time I've tell. Seen his name. I think this is it. Yeah. And it's actually the first time I've seen like this whole creative team. I've never seen anything from them. Um, art is from Lee Garbit. Is that how you would say that? Yeah, Garbit. Pretty sure that's it. And colorist yeah. is Antonio Fabella. Letterer Simon Boland. 
And so um, they crushed it, man. And the story follows a girl named Willa. And basically what happened is um, one day gravity on Earth just kind of, it doesn't disappear, but it basically goes to a fraction of what we know gravity to be. And so it sends the world into chaos. Like you would think everybody's floating up in the sky. Things go crazy. And she was actually like born just before this happened. So her whole life, pretty much all she remembers, she doesn't even remember gravity. So her whole life is living in this world. And um, uh, it basically follows her, kind of does a a big time jump in the beginning once you get like the gist of of, uh, what's going on. And it jumps to her in her 20s, I believe. Yeah. And she, I would say she's like a courier, kind of like a mail courier. When yeah. you, she works for like UPS of the future. Yeah. Uh, of floating around in the air. And um, so you just follow her and uh, she kind of un- uncovers uh, some crazy truths about what's going on with this whole, with the whole gravity thing. And um, also kind of like a, like a little bit of a dad daughter story, which I thought was mm-hmm. kind of cool. Yeah. And um, yeah, you got anything else to kind of add over a little overview before we dive in? No, I think that's a great overview, dude. Um, I actually love the premise so much and the way it worked out through the story just got better and better and better, dude. Like dude. the anti-gravity thing. Uh, I think you even mentioned it one one day when we were chatting, but um, just the hair and how the hair is working with the gravity and stuff, I think we'll get to it later. I don't want to spoil it up front, but yeah, the, they, the it's really well done, a, dude. Oh yeah, big time. The, the way it's written, the way the, the artist portrays like gravity and um, the surroundings and everything is is really awesome. Um, and I enjoyed it. And I will tell you this, because I know we talked about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago when we said we were going to dive into this book. Dude, in, in the first couple panels, right, you, you get this family and they're just normal day. Willa, our main character, she's like a baby. She's like just born. And then all of a sudden, um, what they call when the gravity like disappeared, it's called G-Day. Yeah. And all of a sudden... Everybody just starts floating. Their coffee starts floating in there. They know something's wrong. Uh, Willis' parents, Nate, and I think Lily, they're like freaking out. And you get a big double uh, page spread here. So nuts. This is what I imagine. Like, I, I tell you, like, I think about this all the time. It's so weird. And I don't know why I think about it, but I'm like, I'll be driving down the street and I'm just like, dude, what if gravity just disappeared right now? Like, and this is exactly what I think it would be. Cars floating, people trying to grab onto poles. And um, I thought this page was really cool. And it just literally is like, look at this lady grabbing this pole down here. Uh-huh. This is literally what I exactly would, you know, picture happening. I think you even mentioned to me when we were talking about this idea before we had read the yeah, book. Yeah, 100%. Like, sometimes so I think like, so oh, weird. grab the light pole right there. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's so strange that... I think about it all the time, but it's weird. But um, right away, we get kind of, you know, like right in the beginning, there's um, uh, Lily, the mom. She's like outside when this happens. And she's um, basically like floating off into the sky and the dad's trying to save her. Unfortunately, he can't do it because um, the ba- he hears his daughter crying. In the in the back room, so he runs back in to like check on his daughter, and by the time he comes back out, his wife is long gone up in the sky. Mm-hmm. And um, then we kind of flash forward to to present day. Um, uh, Willa, 
being a, a courier. So how do you what what'd you think of the opening and and um I thought it was rad. It was a cool setup. It really gets you like totally invested in the story, but I couldn't believe it, dude. Like he just let his wife go when he knew. I mean, he admits this later on. Yeah, that's yeah. but he knew his daughter was inside. I know, dude. That's a tough one because his wife was like hanging on by like a light pole. Yeah, she was hanging on to this light pole, losing her grip, about to float away and you know out into the atmosphere. And they got this close. But he couldn't move because he was too scared. Yeah, I know. And that this comes into play like throughout the whole um, series. And, and he even admits it later just how much of a, a coward he is. And um, But yeah, I thought it was crazy, man. He, he goes back into his daughter just seemingly floating around inside. So, you know, he, you know, she's not, I don't know, pretty crazy. Yeah. But then when you pick up with her, she's, you know, do, doing this courier thing. She's been doing it for a while. But what you find out pretty quickly from her is that she feels stuck. Like now that gravity has gone, the travels more or less like disappeared. And she kind of wants to uh, get out there and experience new things and travel. But it doesn't seem like that's going to happen at all for her. Her dad doesn't want her to travel. Dad can't leave the house. Still, 20 years later, dad won't leave the house. Yeah, he's like... And you think like... He's just struck with fear from the whole, like, what happened with him and his wife. But I think it's a little deeper than that, you know, like. With, well, because with, he and his partner yeah. had something to do with G-Day. Right. Which we don't know right at, at this point, like early in the yeah. story. Um, but yeah, I love how like the art too, like as she's being a courier. Like you see like these balloons floating around that they're like transporting stuff back and forth. Cause you, like you said, the world's totally different now. Like mm-hmm. she, I think she lives in, I think it's Chicago. I want to say it's Sounds some big right. city. I, I think it's Chicago. And so she wants to travel and see the world. Well, it's like almost impossible to travel and see the world because there, even though there is gravity, there is still a possibility of like, she could float off too high and just disappear into the atmosphere and die. Mm-hmm. One of the cool things I thought uh, that was pretty neat that worked its way out in here a couple times was um, when she would shoot a gun to like propel her in a direct one direction or another in the sky. Dude, I thought that was genius how they that did that. so rad, dude. Yeah, because, and they do stuff like this throughout this whole series where it's like unexpected use of something that you yes. know totally different than what we you would think you know like the whole gun yeah. thing like you yeah. think she's about to float off into space and like she's the um i think the scene you're talking about is there's these guys that are trying to rob her and yeah. she pulls out a gun and the guys are like dude no one ever uses guns anymore that's silly you know <laughs> and then like she jumps they like are floating way up in the sky and she's like this is why i use a gun and she shoots it and it like propels her back down to the to the buildings and it's so rad how they do that and then you you see it everywhere and they do it like as you're reading and you're looking at the panels like when the dad's working out like he has to like strap himself down yes. like to the to the workout equipment in order to like do a workout, you know, because, you know, the weights are floating around. So he's like strapping stuff down. He's working out. His sweat's like floating in the air, dude. It's kind of uh, gross. but So gross. Yeah. But it's cool how they do that. And they, they yeah. can depict like, okay, this is the world that they live in. So they build a really cool world, I think. Yeah. 
do the splash page at the beginning of issue two. Yeah, where everything it's so cool, man. The art I think is fantastic throughout this whole series. Yeah. But we learned pretty quick from the dad that um you know, this is Willis trying to tell tell her dad, like, I'm getting out of here. Like, you need to get over your fear. I, I want to leave. I want to go see the world. Um, and the dad's pretty much tells her, like, he knows how to fix what happened. Mm-hmm. So the dad was involved with with the G-Day somehow. We don't, at this point, don't know how, how, we, how he was involved, um, who he was involved with. He just says he knows how to fix it. Yeah, and then you find out later that he had a partner kind of earlier on. Yeah, one of the ladies that Willa works with is they're watching TV, and it's uh, I forget his name. Is it Barrow or something like that? Yeah, no, yeah, Roger Barrow. Yeah, was kind of her dad's partner in all this, but her dad has never mentioned him to Willa, and so Willa gets this idea of like, hey, my dad is such a wreck. Maybe this Barrow guy, who's my dad's like long lost old buddy like best buddy I, yeah 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 if i bring him back to my dad maybe he'll fix my dad uh you know but that goes sideways yeah and this is where kind of the story kicks off and she starts unraveling like some deep secrets and some mm-hmm. some crazy stuff that she didn't know and so she goes down like where this guy this is, is so freaking cool dude he it, it's like on the um she goes down to like the lower levels of the city were you expecting this at all? Like, it totally came out of, like, left field for me. Like, I just was expecting just this whole sky world. Like, this whole idea added a whole other dimension to this story that I was just like, dude. Yeah, like I meant the world building to me is yeah. incredible in this. And, like, talking about video games, I could see this being a rad video game, dude. Oh, like, my gosh, dude. Totally. It, it, it's such a cool premise. And would you, how would you um, say, so as she goes down to the lower level, it's like everybody's living like G-Day never happened. Yep. Right? You get people yep. walking around the streets. She's kind of, like, floating in the air. Her hair is floating everywhere. But all the people that are walking around down there they're living like it's normal life. So you're kind of like, what's yeah. going on? How are they able to do this? She mm-hmm. definitely sticks out like a sore thumb. Like she doesn't belong there. And then even like the, um, like, do you think like middle class and lower class, they live up basically in the clouds, like where Willa lives floating around and all these people down here is like, this is like the rich society. Would you say? That's what it, that's what it seems like. Cause what you find out is that, uh, Barrow and Willa's dad, Nate, uh, when it was this G-Day thing, you, you end up finding out that they had like a different philosophy here. And what ended up actually happening was that Nate was actually trying to prevent it from happening. But Barrow, Roger, decided he was going to make a ton of money. He was going to profit off of it. Yep. Yeah. So he kind of like, I don't know how he did it, but he magnetized the ground somehow. Yep. And now... You must be rich to live down there because the, the price of the boots just to be able to walk down there was insane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and all the clothing costs a lot of money. So definitely agree with you that the 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 rich are definitely living down on the surface. But there's some funny jokes that Willa throws at these dudes about sleeping in their boots and that one dude's crying, what's wrong with sleeping uh-huh. in your boots? <laughs> Dude, it's so funny. And um, yeah, it, like... It, 
people are coming up with all these crazy inventions, like the lady that she comes up with, yes. like these something like mag magnets, like sewn in the hem of the dress, so a dress yeah. will stay down because yeah. normally it's just gonna float up, you know. So there's all these cool things that they throw in um and, and like even on the billboards like no float you know like boots yeah. and, and um it, it's pretty cool they're even talking about like a, a a car like the magna car that's actually like stuck to the ground and so they're just still living like this g-day didn't happen because they have all, all this um um technology that they can afford to buy definitely chicago yeah, and then the art. Oh, yeah, yeah, there it is right there, yeah. And the art is incredible, I think, throughout. I love it, dude. Clean, shows movement really well, does really well with the gravity, like you said. So I, I actually think it'd be cool if you said it because I don't want to steal your... Because you're the one that brought it to my attention. Like, I kind of noticed it when I was reading when she's down there, what's going on with her hair. But it was cool once you pointed it out when I really got to kind of take it all in yeah it's neat because when she goes down there and like i said you can tell she sticks out like a sore thumb because like whatever the people are doing down here they look like normal people like their hair is is staying down their their clothes are staying down and when she comes down there her hair is like floating way up in the air like you know yeah, she's because it looks like, like all the rich people have like a lot of gel in their hair something, something. they must be yeah. using some high-tech hairspray <laughs> <laughs> but it's super cool man how they built this world out and how you know when she goes down there you can tell things are different with her compared to everybody else who's living down there so it's pretty neat yeah but dude so she ends up getting in touch with this barrel guy and uh she's a, a little head in the clouds about it doesn't think anything could possibly be weird about the fact that her dad hasn't mentioned somebody for 20 years and uh He's not who she thinks he's going to be. No, not at all. And you find out that he's just a dirtball. And mm -hmm. lo and behold, he's actually been trying to find him for the last 20-some years because yeah. he knows that her dad knows how to figure out to bring gravity back. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think he even thinks he's dead because he yeah, hasn't seen he him did. for 20-some years. Because he's like, he's alive? Yeah, and so that is going to uh, that you know that's going to put this guy in the in the in the poorhouse because he's not going to you know if gravity comes back then he's all his things that he has created and sell is useless right yeah so now he's using it as okay sweet Willa's going to basically lead me to Nate so I could kill him and Willa doesn't know at the time when she first meets him that that's what his motives are you know. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you a question, a little interlude here for a second? Yeah. When she's uh, fighting Barrow, when it's starting to go sideways here, and she's making her escape, and she runs into this lady that helps her, are we supposed to have met her prior to this? And and were we supposed to be aware of the fact that they were friendly? Or is this just kind of you're thrown into it and you accept it as you're in it? No, um, she, um, if you remember, I think from issue one, when you first see Willa like out and about being a courier and she's like running on the rooftops and like jumping and everything, she passes this lady and she, as she's working and she's like, hey, Joan or whatever her name is. And she's like, they, they like say hi to each other. 
while because uh, this, this, uh, this character's name is Joan, I think. And so she sees her early on working and they say hi to each other. So she knows who she is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so she works this. She works in this building oh, for all the all the rich people. Yeah, because she's, she's, she's like on a, that building tethered to it, right? Yeah, there. she's like a maid or or a, like a, a housekeeper or something for this um, big expensive building that Burrow Run uh, runs. Yeah, yeah. Or somebody runs. I don't know. There's a bunch of like offices in there, and she like works there like um, as like housekeeping or something. I got the impression that it was kind of a. A barrow building, almost like a Trump Tower or something. Yeah, kind something. Because she's at, at this point when when she's running from him, she's like in the city, and so she's trying to escape, get away from him, and she's going through all these buildings where all you know, almost like upper class like buildings, and she's running through there. Yeah. And so this is one of her friends that works there as like a housekeeping, you know. Yeah. And um, another thing I wanted to ask you if I could find his name really quickly, Ed be better uh her buddy that's a courier with her who has edison no legs yeah that's edison yeah so did it land for you here when she's rolling around this like rich area and she sees a picture of edison because she's like edison's rich yeah because um edison um i I guess we forgot to mention in the beginning she's one of he's one of the couriers um that work with her and i i think if you look at it like from his point of view like the no gravity thing works out in for his advantage right because he he has no legs so he's able to he's able to move like everybody else's with no gravity right yeah, so that's why she's. They're also sitting there looking at a picture of him in a wheelchair, and they're like, "Why would they do this?" They're yeah, and he doesn't so, need to be strapped to a chair. He, yeah, he never tells them, "Hey, I'm from down below, from where the rich people are." You know, he has a pair of these boots, but obviously he can't wear them. And um, that makes sense to me now. I like the way you're 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 painting it here. Um. So yeah. So basically, what happens is um. Well, before we get any further, what do you think about her running through this office building? Because I thought some of these scenes were hilarious, what she ran into. I mean, we can't really talk about it on the show, but where she runs into the, like, sex ed class was downright hilarious. Dude, I was busting up (laughs) laughing. Like, I thought that was hysterical because people are not knowing what in the world to do, like, now that there's no gravity. So that was hilarious. Um, I thought it was hilarious. Like, all their, their cubicles um, and the, like everybody's like sitting in like these stacked cubicles and yeah, um, I don't know. I think they just do a cool job of building the world out what it would probably look like if there was, you know, no gravity. So as the story progresses here, so, so far you've got, you figured out that the world has no gravity. You've got Willa who wants to explore the world, the dad who's not letting her get out because he's petrified, who may or may not, but as far as he said, knows how to fix the problem that we have. You've got a gentleman named Barrow, who's Nate's, Willa's dad's ex-business partner, potentially best friend, find out is a dirtbag, wants to kill Nate and Willa at this point. So Willa's on the loose. She's going back to dad and uh, trying to convince him like, hey, I screwed up. I went to go see your old buddy. We got to get out of here. Um just to kind of just repaint where we've been. I, Cause I think sometimes it gets lost in a long conversation, Yeah, but she's heading back to dad to, to kind of 
get him to see the bigger picture and that they need to really get out of there now because it's any minute now that this Barrow dude's going to come knocking on the door and strangle dad. And the da- dude, the thing about the dad is he still can't do it. I like, know. Wh- what were you thinking at the dad at this point? Like, she's there frantic. She's spilling the beans, telling her dad about Burrow. The dad's like kind of opening it up about, you know, how'd you even find him? He's a dirt ball. This is what's going down. Yeah. You know, I think it's easy to get really frustrated with him, but as somebody who struggles with irrational fears in a big way, I kind of just, I was like, I could see myself doing the same stupid thing. Yeah, But as I'm reading it, I'm like, dude, pull it together and get out the door, bro. (laughs) And then I'm like, no, man, if you're really scared of something, it can, like, no matter how much sense it makes, it can really stop you from doing the thing that you need to do. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That makes total sense. And so, like, she's trying to convince dad, like, dude, we got to get. And he's like, I'm a coward. Like, I couldn't even save your mom and I had the chance. Like, when it comes down to it, like, I could help prevent G-Day. Like, I could have tried doing this 20 years ago, but I literally am a coward. I can't step out my door. And, um, dude, Willa takes matters into her own hands, dude. She knocks her dad straight out, dude. dude. She jacks her dad up and basically, you know, puts him in a duffel bag and they dip out. Because she's got a plan where she's going to try to... um, figure this whole thing out and, and get gravity back. And, um, but not only that, like as this is happening, um, her best buddy. You find out Edison was kidnapped. Yeah. You find out they, they kidnapped Edison because, um, they find connections that she's, you know, friends with them. And cause they um, found out that he's the one that gave her the boots oh, that yeah, allowed yeah, her yep, to yep, walk down yep, there. Yep. Totally. Right. And so now it's like they they need to stop Burrow, but they also need you know it's almost like a rescue mission because she's not gonna she's not gonna just leave his friend or leave her friend behind. Yeah, and but um, Dad takes this on in his own way too, where he starts feeling like it's his fault that Edison's in. He already feels like it's his fault the world's in this mess, but now it gets a little bit more personal because it's his daughter's friend who's in direct danger because of him. And so he starts thinking he's going to do something about it too. And he steps outside for the first time. Yeah. He's out of his element. Let's just say that he doesn't know what to do. Like Willa grew up in this. So she's like, dude, she's handling like a champ jumping, building the building. And he's just floating off into the atmosphere. (laughs) But this leads to one of the coolest moments in this whole first volume to me was how they handled a storm with no gravity, dude. It's something that I would have never expected, never think of. And the way they did it, I thought was so rad. and just So rad, dude. So smart, uh, clever, just uh, a cool way. And, and after, after they see this storm, and like they even mentioned like it was a small one. Like I couldn't imagine what a huge like monsoon or something would look like, dude, with no I gravity. I know. I know. And so, yeah, let, so, them, let everybody know what this storm is looking like. Yeah, so with with the lack of gravity, you're not getting little little tiny raindrops. What happens is that the, the rain all kind of comes into one big ball. Yeah. So it's just this big old, almost like a lake floating in the sky, dude. And so imagine like a, a, exactly, imagine a floating lake. Like it just doesn't pass by quick. So if you get stuck in it, you're drowning. Like there's no yep. way out. 
Yeah. And um, the way they and that's did why the everyone's art, saying like, "Hey, storm's coming, stay inside." Storm's coming, stay yep. like they all know. Like, dude, when the storm comes, you stay inside. And it's rad. And so the dad ends up getting trapped in this um, in this My storm, gosh, dude. And the freaking dad. The scene that Willa um, uh, goes to save the dad is again. They use so stinking cool. The the way they use like the environment and things in certain ways to to um, to handle the situation she's in is just rad. Again, kind of like with the gun thing. It's just so cool how they came up with these ideas. And yeah. um, again, man, it goes back to the world building. Like this is something you can like would exactly happen. And it's, it's just rad how she saves her dad. Yeah. She creates a little air pocket in there with some scuba gear so that he can breathe underwater. Uh, and I, yeah, that part was rad, but did I have a question? Okay. One thing that threw me off here. Can you guess what it is? If not, it's no big deal. But why the heck are there fish in the water if it's a storm? Like, where'd the fish come from? Yeah. That was my only thing. (laughs) That is a good question. I have no idea. I mean, it could be, too, because if you think when the atmosphere lost all the gravity, what do you think happened to all the lakes? That's true. They They're probably all still went, just floating around. Yeah, they probably went floating around. So it could have been a storm going through a lake, capturing a fish. Because I think there's other stuff floating around point. in there. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, dude. Yeah, if you look at some of the art, I think there's other... Oh, there's some seaweed in there, too. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff like floating around in there. Yeah. So I think uh, you're right. Imagine, you know, there's like the clothes. There's all kinds of stuff that is picking up. Because imagine the storm traveling through the atmosphere where everything is already floating anyways. And yeah. stuff's just getting trapped in there and it just goes wherever. Dude, you're 100% right, I think, man. I'm glad I was able to set that straight for you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, you want to kind of wrap it up with what we kind of see in the last like half of the um, very last issue? Dude, yeah. So it's pretty nuts, dude. She uses the uh, the rain cloud as kind of a cover for this great idea to take out Barrow to rescue Edison, which sort of goes as planned, but then backfires because she thinks she kills Barrow, but he's not really dead. Ends up meeting him on the rooftop. And to save the day, dude, I don't, if I'm going too fast, you can fill no, in the place. Yeah, no, I love it. But to save the day, man, and rescue them because Barrow's about to take them all out, Dad finally steps up, man. Yeah, dude. Well, doesn't... Because what happens is that Willow and Beryl are fighting. And he ends up tossing her into the sky. And Dad has to jump up to save Willa. Yep. And he throws her down. Ultimately, what that means is that Dad's going to be floating up because of the lack of gravity. And... Dad's pretty much gone, but before he's gone, he leaves her with the book of his that he says contains all the information she would need to fix the world. Yeah, to to bring gravity back. I mean, that was nuts, dude. I wasn't expecting the dad to go away in the first arc. No, neither did I. And it's almost like a a story of like redemption, you know, because the dad now conquers his fear. He saved his daughter, which he wasn't able to do for his wife. And um, 
I don't know. You, you, the only thing we really talked about this during the week is this part right here. And you made a good point because this is three volumes. And as the dad's floating off in space, Will is going back down to the, the ground, like you mentioned. And it fast forwards a couple and like the last, you know, um, panel of the book is like Willa now like going to going to travel to try to save the world and bring back gravity. And but we don't ever see like what if the dad didn't die? I know because you don't know what else is up there. Like maybe there's people flying around that can save them. Yeah, maybe there's some kind of station in the sky that. I don't yeah. know. And so when you brought that up to me, because I thought, like, after I read it, I was like, oh, he's gone. Now she's on the mission because I definitely want to read volume two and three, right? And so she's going to be on this mission to, to figure out um, gravity. And you also don't know if um, if Burrow is dead either. I know, because it doesn't really fill you in on what ended up happening down on the ground. Yeah, because there's... With Edison or Barrow. Right, and so they're kind of all floating around, kicking each other in the air. Um, she kicks off um, Barrow to, towards the ground. She goes flying, and that's when, like you said, the dad comes in. And so you don't know for sure if Barrow's dead and the dad. Like, And I didn't think of it like that until you mentioned it, but it was such a good point where the dad could be alive later and that would be rad if like she's going on this mission and trying to bring gravity back and then so is the dad and maybe they meet up i don't know if that happens but um definitely yeah. a lot of questions when it finishes up which is you know super rad makes me want to read you know volume two like right away yeah me too um no but the the fight scene at the end so when barrow's up there he gets the gun and he's pointing it at um is it Edison? He's pointed at Willa's head. Dad's saying no. Willa hits his barrel's hand down and the gun goes off. And so they both go shooting up into the air at the same time while Barrow's holding Willa. And then he kind of turns her around to kicks her into the sky. So he goes back down while she's going up. Yeah, so he's got to be alive still. So I think he's still alive. Oh, okay. So now, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. That makes total sense. But we aren't really sure what the heck happens to Edison here. He's just sitting up there beat up because Barrow punched him right in the eyeball. I loved it, man. I loved it, too. I loved it. I didn't expect to like it this much. I didn't know what to expect going in. I was just, you know, this was one I didn't even know about. And um, I loved it. I loved it. And I, you ended up getting the collected hard uh, hardcover, and it looks. I rad. loved it so much. I had to pick up this oversized bad boy, dude. And I hadn't even read it all yet. I just loved the first volume so much. I was like, I'm grabbing it. Yeah, and so I'm a little jelly on that, and um, I'm definitely looking forward to reading volume uh, two and three of this. Um, yeah, I can tell good, you this. Great story, man. The one thing I do know is that it seems like there's going to be some. Big old bugs coming up in a couple issues here. Don't I don't know even... the story, but it looks like there's some big old bugs. Yeah, it does. So we'll see what's going on with that. But um, yeah, overall, man, what'd you think? If you had to give it the old uh, CBL uh, review rating, what, what do you? Yeah, dude, I think uh, I think any what I think someone back here said something I thought was really great. It read so easy, and the world it read building so is easy. great. 
Did you like Jonathan Hickman's thing here? Before I give my whole thing, I just have a couple things. Sky Hickman said Skyward reminds me a lot of Why the Last Man. Um, I think maybe in the fact because if you go on to read the rest of his thing, he says it's up a it's a simple and elegant premise. You know, yeah. enough which it to is. hook the average reader and totally infuriate fellow storytellers. Yeah, because you would think like, you know, it's. I, I hate saying though like this story is simple, you know, I, I but I say it I think I think we said it with um Don't Spent the Wind, just like a simple story. But man, it was so good and so well done. Um I think Hickman nailed it with his yeah. review. I think that that like just before I, I give mine, like it's hard to beat what's said back here because it's also true. Like Lemire Skyward's a great new series with a great hook and draw jaw dropping art, like heck yeah. Like what we said about Hickman and then Charles Soule, um, the best kind of high concept, the the sort of thing you can't wait to see explored over a good long run. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, dude, just, um, I don't know, dude. Like, uh, it's not like the, the best story I've ever read or the, the, you know, I love the human stories that are like kind of deep, like the Lemire sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, is usually my bread and butter. But dude, like, I think I would give this first volume in terms of a setup, in terms of just building your expectations for what's to come, getting you excited about it. Like, dude, like, just honestly, I think I'm giving volume one a five. I think I am too. Like, I I liked everything about it. You know, like there wasn't like going through it. I enjoyed it. Like I laughed. I I thought the action and adventure was cool. The world building, like I keep mentioning through this, I thought was fantastic. Um, And just the cool way they use certain things I thought was clever and unique. And um, I know I haven't read volume uh, two or three, but like you said, as a setup and as a volume one, I thought it was awesome. It's such That's a fun so read, such a good read. Any newcomer and just get it in the comics. Like it, Hickman it, said, dude, any average reader is oh going to yeah. be hooked. Big time. Uh, pick this one up. Uh, you know, if you want a break from capes and masks, like pick this one up, something different. This one, it, it, it's a definitely check this one out if um, you're looking for something new for sure. Yeah. And one of the things that I really liked about it is that, like, it always went in a different direction than I expected it to. Like, it kept breaking what I thought was possible for the story. Like, yeah, no, for uh, sure. Like, the rain cloud thing was such a wild idea to see it in the, you know, in the book. To see the magnetic, like, world below them blew my mind. Uh just all the little bits of stuff that just kept going above where I thought the story was going. It just like you said, the world building, like it just kept getting bigger. And I think just from like looking at a couple pages, it's just going to keep getting bigger, dude. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. Very well said. I think um, what you said nailed it. And it's funny today, I went to my local shop and we were just cruising around. Um, and um, a guy that works there, uh, Ryan, he was, uh, we were just shooting the breeze and I was, I told him, I was like, yeah, I just read Skyward, you know, and I, it, it was so rad. And he's like, oh, I never heard of it. And I'm looking on the shelf through their image uh, trade paperbacks and they had volume one sitting there on the shelf. And I was like, it's right here. 
And you like, gotta read it. Yeah, he's like, let me see that. And he flipped through this and he's like, dude, the interior is awesome. He's like, I might pick this up and read it. And I was like, dude, you Heck should. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was super stoked. So um, I think right. anybody, you know, w- would love this for sure. You know, kind of like what Mad was saying in our last episode about 8 Billion Genies, I would say about this, like if someone came up to me that was a new comic book reader looking for a cool comic book, like Skyward's a great, like what's cool about this too, it's a little longer run, not just eight issues. So you can spend some time exploring how comic books can build a big world and tell a cool story. Like I think exactly like Mad said, like it's a good example of what comics can do. Yeah, and, definitely uh, a good jumping on point for anybody yeah. that's just coming into it, for sure. And on in-stock trades right now, you can get the Skyward, the hardcover that I got for 15 bucks, dude. It'd make a great gift to somebody who's interested in getting into some comics. Yeah, if you anybody who hasn't read gift. it yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, <clears throat> seriously. So that's a 10. That's, no, a, that's good, a 5 out of 5 here at the Lair. Yeah, what a what a good read, man. Um. I love finding stuff like this, man. And I, like I said, I don't even know how I came across it, but it it was such a good read. Loved it. Um, definitely recommend it. Anybody pick this one up for sure. Heck yeah, buddy. But uh, what a good B.O.W., man. You want to um, highlight a couple other ones we read real quick uh, throughout the week? Yeah, dude. Uh, I got to read... Um... The new Turtles, uh, Yusagi Yojimbo. Yeah, how was it? I almost wanted to pick it up, but so I was good, nervous. Dude. Was it good? I loved it, dude. I might have There's to just a, It's a really cool crossover for the Turtles. And uh, I'm not going to say his name right, man. What's his name? The dude who writes it. Dude, speaking of crossover, sorry to interrupt you. Did you see the Turtles and Stranger Things? Yes, dude. What do you think? Tell me honestly. <clears throat> I don't know. They do so many crossovers. It could be fun. Just kind of like the one you're talking about, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stan uh, Sake Sakai. I don't know. Sake. I don't know. He does Usagi. But I read his... They did a Usagi Yojimbo TMNT crossover a while ago. Yeah. Yep. And I love that story, too. They blend so well together. It's like they were meant to have crossover. So Dude, it was they're really both fun. ninjas, bro. I know, dude. And um, did you get to read Red Zone 2? I have not yet. Dude, it's exactly what we thought it was going to be, dude. But it's kind of funny, man. Like, he's just tearing it up. But then, like, in the middle of it, he's like, I think I pulled my back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude, because he's an old, just retired teacher. Yeah, man. So that was fun. Gimmick 2 was rad. I'm not going to say too much. I think it still could be a cool B.O.W. for us to dive into. Dude, what about Little Monsters? We both read that. What'd you think? I actually liked it a lot. Um, I thought it was good, dude. You got some some stuff happened. Dude, some stuff goes down. And it was a good buildup, I think, to to issue 13. I will say this. Like, overall, I, and then we've mentioned this before. Like, I love the story. I think it could have been condensed a little bit and then i also think reading it as a complete like either as a trade read, yeah read it as a trade or all the issues together i think will make it better but um dude i think issue 13 is going to be a wild one i don't know i still don't know what's going to happen i think something's going to go down with rami and you know, um yeah i want to know what they're up to so it'll be gnarly man i don't know what's going to happen but um i actually liked it a lot so yeah, right on, dude. 
You think it's going to end in a way where you're satisfied with? Like, I what hope. do you think the ending can even possibly be right now? I don't know. Rami's going to the do... vampires win. Is that what's going to make us happy? There's almost going to be no win though, because most of them are going to be tasting human blood, so they're going to die. So maybe but... Rami has to just eat all the vampires. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. And maybe it also changes the course of humanity, you know, like with that, with the, uh, with the girl. So I don't know. I hope it ends good because I've invested a lot of time into this and <laughs> <laughs> there better be a good payoff here, Jeff. I know. I just, it's so, you know, sometimes you could kind of get a sense for where a story might be heading. I have he no idea what us. the payoff's going to be. I'm sure it'll be good. Usually, usually with Jeff, it's good. And, um, and I'll be straight up honest. And I know this might make, I don't know if it'll make you upset, but I know Matt is a huge vampire. Um, he, he likes vampire stories. I'm not a huge vampire story guy. Yeah. So, um, but I do like this one. I That's don't know, good. I don't know what it is. I've never been into like vampire movies or I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I think they can be cool. I do like some of the like surrounding mythos of like the vampire stories, but they're not my bread and butter. Bread and butter? They're not my jam. <laughs> I don't know. I'm eating sandwiches over here or something. <sighs> uh, dude, did you? Uh, I love how I ask you even when I know. Did you get into Noctera? <laughs> <laughs> I did. 13. Um, I loved it. I thought it was a lot better than 12. Um, 12 wasn't like bad, but, um, I don't know. 12 was just weird. I mean, we talked about issue 12 a couple weeks back, but 13 was great. Um, action packed art and phenomenal dude. I think Tony maybe, has Daniel. I think maybe why I thought 13 was so good was, um, blacktop bills in it a ton. And he's just, a, I know dude, he's, he's just it, a crazy character, man. He's a wild villain, dude. And I he's love him. Beating people up. Just beating them down, dude. Dude, when he gets shot in the face with a laser and it's like no big D. Dude, when you make Blacktop Bill mad, like that's the last thing you want to do. He But it's like he doesn't even get mad anymore because he's so powerful. Like he didn't get mad. He was just like yeah. he stayed so calm that it was like honestly more scary to me because before Blacktop would get wild. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, that is true. He would get way wild, dude. <laughs> But, dude, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this question about it. What would you think of the last page turn, dude, when they show up in EOS and they go down in that little dungeon? Well, I'll tell you this. I think that they're going to end up being bad. Like, everybody's just going to be bad? Like, not, like Blacktop Bill to... and the Shades are going to be bad, and the those... Eos, what are they? Creatures, beings? Are these big, white, tall beings all glowing in light? Yeah. Like you think they're gonna have a weird like? Well, here's my thing, dude. Do you have it? Do you have the issue with you right now? Or I, no? I don't know. Well, at the very end, dude. You know how they always have these little like splash pages that kind of give you like a a sentence or two about the next issue. Yeah. Well, this one says, "Light is the enemy. It always has been." Mm. Hmm. So what's that mean? Is it made Blacktop me think Bill those... going to low-key be the good guy? That's what's tripping me out, dude. I would love it if they went that direction. And all of a sudden, <laughs> like, Blacktop's like, dude, that'd be wild. 
Like, what if what's happening is that the EOS or the light is actually responsible for like sucking up all the light? Like they're hoarding it mm. for themselves, and so they're the enemies because they're not. I don't know. It's a wild no, speculation. Yeah. Dude, I, that's a good guess. I don't know. That, that would be rad. I would love that. And I think there's only two more issues, I think. Mm-hmm. Two or three. But wild issue, dude. And Blacktop Bill is like just one of my favorite villains of all time, dude. It's going to be really hard to top him. Yeah. Oh, hey, at the end of this one, they had a, a teaser for Terror War. Did they? I almost picked yeah. that up this week. You have to read it and let me know. I don't know, I'll dude. I don't you know what. about these guys. They look weird, man. I don't trust them. I'll tell you what. Tony S. Daniels, he does the artwork he's doing in, in Noctera. Is he some killing of, it for you? Some of my favorite. I just love it. Yeah. I will say, I miss the colorist from Volume 1, though. Yeah. Volume 1 colorist was rocking it. Yeah. But wild story, dude. I can't wait to see where it goes, man. But still, nobody's asked Val why she shaded out. I just got past that, bro. You just got to move on. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. But um, good, man. That's all I really got into. Did you get anything else you want to mention? Uh, let me see. Phantom Road 2 was really cool, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, it's a mind trip, dude. It's like uh, they end up in this diner. So right now, you know, like I told you, they're in this other parallel universe. Like a different where realm, these- yeah. Where they're like sand creatures. They look like monsters, right? Well, they finally get to this like gas station diner, right? And they go in there and they look out the window. And when they look out the window, all the sand people are normal people. Mm. And there's this so random like normal dude. Yeah, yeah it's like and there's this reality fun- thing going down. Yeah. And there's this random normal dude sitting at the sitting at a counter in there. And he just starts talking to him. And he's like, hey, I've got the answers for you. But he's not, like, giving it all to him right away. And uh, anyway, the the girl ends up trying to leave. But she gets to a certain distance. And he tells our main guy, he's like, don't worry, she can't get too far. And she's, like, out there again in the real world, seeming. But as she gets far enough, it starts pulling her back. Like, she gets almost, like, um, like, too fatigued and falls down. And when they're there, all of a sudden they see this monster coming at them. And our main dude kills him. But then he looks down and you could see it's a normal dude. Oh, no. So all those dudes he killed in the first issue on the road could have been normal could dudes? Could be real people, dude. I kind of dig this. Premise. I know. And so right when they're on the street, the police are coming. And so they're trying to dip back into the monster realm. And dude, Whoa, it's nuts. That's wild, bro. I kind of yeah, like so- that. Yeah, so I'm loving it, dude. Like, at first, I didn't know where it was going, but then when it did that mind trip where they're looking out there and everyone was normal, I was like, whoa, this just got yeah, way wild. Yeah, that got way crazy. Yeah. So huh, I'm interesting. It, I like that. I'm going to have to get on that series. Or I don't know. That that sounds rad. I do like that. Yeah, I'd love to chat with you about it. I mean, I'd love to chat with you about everything. So yeah. pick it up. Get uh, into it. Get in. That's it, man. I mean... Gimmick gimmick two was cool. Red Zone two was cool. I mentioned that already. Black Cloak, uh, I think three four, or four was four was really cool. It, it definitely picked up some of that storyline. I'm loving it. But dude, I've got so much to be read. That's really where it's at, dude. I picked up this week's issues. I haven't even read yet. I've got 
I want to get into Hairball from Matt Kent. Yeah, I yeah, that yeah. Up. Yep, I saw that. Our buddies over at Pullbox Pals loved it. Uh, I've got Where Monsters Lie 3. I've heard that stays insane. I've got Immortal Sergeant 4 to read. 3 and 4. I'm far behind on that. And, dude, I picked up Chicken Devils 3. 3, yeah. That finally came in. Aftershock finally. Did you get pro- uh, 06 Protocol? Nah. Should I have? I did kind of like the first two. Yeah, I thought you I thought you were digging it. I'll probably pick it up. And I picked up All Eight Eyes and Harrower 3, even though I'm not crazy about Harrower, but... I've got a lot of cool stuff to read, man, but is there anything coming out uh, this week that you're looking forward to? Dude, I think the thing I'm looking forward to most is um, Local Man, dude. Image. Yeah, image I knew one. it, dude. Yeah. I think that's, uh, you know, when I finally picked up the first two issues, I, I was hooked, and that's um, that's probably what I'm looking forward to most. Local Man issue number three comes out next week. Super stoked on that one. What else are some of the big ones coming out next week? Vanish 6. I'm excited for that because I really loved what they did at the beginning of this arc. Uh, I'm, I'm think, You remember what I was telling you about? Yeah, yeah. Beginning. Riddler Year 1, number 4. One that uh, I know you've been a little iffy on, but I'm hoping it can pull you back in. Pull us both back in, not just you. But uh, Lost Years, number 3 is coming out. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm nervous, man. I'm you still sh- picking it up or are you out? I'm still pulling it. It's still on my list. So it, it, it'll be in my box. And um, I'm going to give it one more issue and we'll, we'll, we'll see, man, if it can pull me back. I, I, it's just yeah. kind of weird to me with the prequel and the sequel thing going on at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, we've got World Tree coming out for real even though some people are already able yeah, to pick it up. Yeah, how are people able to re- read that already? Dude, when they do these last minute delays where it's like for a marketing purpose or something but Diamond already has it well those shipments have already gone out most of the time uh, yeah, and so yeah. some shops already had it. Maybe, uh, like do you think shops get notified like hey here, don't put They're, this on the yeah. shelf yet and then maybe they don't get the email in time or whatever. Or maybe they get the email and they say whatever you sent it to me I'm selling it to you. Yeah, yeah very true. Uh, what's the furthest place from here? 12, Kaya 7, Indigo Children 2. Yeah, I saw that. So, should be a cool week. I, I didn't see any trades or anything. There's another one I thought I saw coming out, too. Hey, did the uh, the final issue of Canary come out? I think it did. I think, I think it, did it did last week. It? Yeah, I haven't read it yet. I need to get on that. <laughs> I know, um, oh, Behold Behemoth comes out, issue number five from Boom. I know Monk over yeah. at the Pull Up loves that series. It's issue number five. He's only a four-issue guy. <laughs> What's he doing on this five-issue <laughs> run? Now, he's been saying he's looking for something big to, to dive into, so maybe this is ongoing. Yeah, I'm maybe that's sure. it. Well, dude, really- I also wonder what people's definition of ongoing is. Because I think when Monk mentions it, he's kind of thinking something that's maybe going to go like 30 or plus issues or something. But I'm like, ongoing. Anything that's more than one arc to me is ongoing. Yeah. So, dude, how fun was it having them all on the show, man? Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. I just want to say last week, um, it was a blast, dude. Hanging out with all of our friends that we met through this like medium, like super cool. Um, to be able to do that and um, just have fun. I'm sure editing it, editing it. How do you even, how would you say that? Editing it? 
How would you even say that? Editing? Yeah, but you got to say editing and then it together. Editing it. No, there you go. You nailed it. (laughs) I'm sure that was difficult. Yeah. How was it? Well, you know, let's just keep I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. So at some point I had to just throw out something that wasn't perfect. It's hard. It's hard when you've got five voices all coming in at once. You're trying to make them all sonically sound like they're in the same room. But everyone's on a different mic. Everyone's in a different room. People are in different states. So I do my best to make it pleasing to the ears and people don't want to turn it off. No, I think I did an okay job. Yeah, no, it sounded great. Um, Yeah, uh, Ross um, and and Monk, I definitely appreciate those two dudes staying up late because I know I wouldn't be. I'm old. My bedtime. Did you know what's funny? You know how Mad was saying he went back and listened to some of our older issues and he was dying, and I was like, "No, don't oh, ever go don't back. Go back to the first like." I went 10 back episodes. and watched their first video on YouTube, dude. It's hilarious. Like Mad has like long hair, Monk's beardless. I'm like, who are these guys? Oh, I have to go back and check it out. That's awesome. <laughs> so funny. So oh. now, now is payback since he listened to our early episodes. Oh, I went man. back. And- <laughs> I can't even imagine sitting through our I'll tell you this. episodes, bro. They did a much better job at the beginning than we did. <laughs> I mean, we saw. I, I will admit, we had fun, but our yeah. episode, we were, it was totally different. We didn't know. We didn't know what we were really doing. We were just having uh, fun chatting books and. Yeah. Um, Hey, it got us to where we're at now and um, met people, cool people along the way. Look at Ross. He's stuck around. Yeah, good old guy. And, you know, just as a heads up, if, uh, you know, you have anything you would like to say about how we're doing these shows, drop us a review over on Apple. Let us know how we're doing, how you love us, how you hate us. Yeah, wherever you How you could your... never stand to put us on another episode. No like, just way. let us know. <laughs> yeah, wherever you listen to your podcast, uh, leave us a review, let us know. Um we have a cool link over on our uh, website. Also, you can uh, leave us a little voice review or a little, uh, you know, say hi to us yeah. either way. And uh, we'll play it on the air. It'd be super cool to hear from you. Heck yeah, buddy. Uh, before we head out, I should mention that uh, make sure you check out coffeeandacomic.com. Rad shop. Frank's rad. Check out his Instagram at coffeeandacomic. He's always posting cool stuff. Uh, but when you go over there to shop, make sure you enter our coupon code at checkout comic book layer in all caps, save yourself 15% off, uh, win, win, win. You know, you're going to get some coffee. You're going to get some stickers. You're going to get some books. They're going to be shipped awesomely, perfectly, deliciously. That's how you roll. Yeah, Check it out. buddy. But, uh, how can people keep up with us, man? And see everything that's going down in the layer. Maybe drop a little teaser for dude. Something we got going on in the next couple of weeks with our buddies, the pals. Dude, well, next week, we're just going to be hanging in the lair, hopefully catching up on all the stuff we got on backlog. I know you got a big backlog that you're working on, so it'd be cool just to um, hang out and chat books that we're reading. Super stoked to get into Local Man next week. That's um, like we mentioned. But yeah, coming up in the new f- near future, um, we're going to be doing something fun with the old pull box pals, so be on the lookout for that. Um you can uh, check us out um, on our Instagram at the Comic Book Lair for more updates on that. And also go follow them over at uh, Pullbox Pals. And um, yeah, stay tuned for that. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be fun. And um, yeah, subscribe to our show. Let us know how we're doing. Head over to our Discord channel. Um, join the conversation over there. If you read Skyward, um, let us know what you thought about it. If you read further into it, um, 
Keep those spoiler free. Yeah. Kind of keep them spoiler free for us. Um, you know what? Either way, I would love to <laughs> love to chat with you about it and um, whatever else you're reading. We'd love to get recommendations from you. Heck yeah, buddy. Let me ask you this. Yeah. How do you feel about uh, jumping into the next two volumes on our BO dub? For Skyward? Yeah. Let's rip it. I want to know how it ends. So dude. do I. I yeah. can't. I can't get into anything else until we. All finish right, let's do it. We're gonna be going through Skyward volumes two and three, and two um, weeks. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get there. And so, um, pick this up. I think volume one might be free on Comicsology as well, so yep. you can always go on there and read it and um, come chat with us about it. Heck yeah, buddy. Anyways, we appreciate y'all. Keep reading comics. Cowabunga, nerds. Like the sound of the Comic Book Layer podcast? Our audio production is provided by Rosecat Audio. Check out Rosecat Audio at rosecataudio.com. R-O-S-E-K-A-T audio.com.